Hey companions, uh, this is Peter. And this is Tom. And this is a pre-recorded episode from our former feed, TV Ape My Brain. So uh, this episode is still there, but we decided to put these on Cobra Kai Companion, so that way you guys get to hear all the stuff that we have done previously. Yes, basically it's the same uh, Tom and Peter, same show, just a little bit more directly uh, fed to you. And here it is. Hi, this is Susan Gallagher. I play Homeless Woman Lynn on Cobra Kai, and you are listening to Tom and Peter on TV Ate My Brain. Guess they've had one too many mess and burritos. Welcome to TV Ate My Brain, the official TV podcast of Core Temp Parts. And I am Peter, also host of Podstalgic. And I'm Tom, co-host of Jake and Tom Conquer the World. And we are back. Uh, we, surprise, we on, surprise. Yeah, hello, hi. Um, <laughs> not a hiatus, but you know, the, the, the show has ended its first season. And you know, for those that don't follow us on Twitter currently... We announced that, you know, we're going to try to do some update episodes, you know, news, um, things of that nature. I think yes, we might I, been... I currently have a backlog of news stories, including one involving a flight school, of all things. Yeah, yeah. So that will soon come. Uh, that won't be on this episode, but we might have been a little ambitious thinking maybe bi-weekly. So maybe monthly. We'll, you know, that we'll, sounds, we'll, that sounds realistic. Yeah. This, I mean, cause there's not a whole bunch of news to report anyway. And I don't want anybody downloading like a five minute episode, <laughs> you know, so, um, but yeah, if for, for anybody that's tuning in for the very first time, you know, we covered the Cobra Kai show each episode individually here at TV Ate My Brain. Uh, we first started covering the entire uh, Karate Kid movies over on my show, Podstalgic. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, today we have another amazing uh, interview. This is the sixth one of a cast member from Cobra Kai. Uh, today we speak with uh, Susan Gallagher, who plays Homeless Lynn. She was quite a joy to speak with. Oh, absolutely. Very cool lady. She really is. And, you know, great stories. She's extremely funny. Very um, smart. Very well-spoken. Absolutely. She has, like, a, her own production company. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about her. I I was very, very... Uh, I, I had a grin from ear to ear listening to her stories. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, without further ado, this is our conversation with Susan Gallagher. So I guess we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, I definitely would like the listeners to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, I did get a chance to watch some of your uh, previous work, uh, the first of which I would like for you to kind of speak on a little bit, but uh, Beneath the Crown. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, that was my first documentary um, several years ago. I just got to the point where I was tired of waiting on my agent to you know, get me auditions and opportunities, and, um, you know, I wasn't getting any younger, and I finally was at the point where I wasn't afraid to fail, and I didn't have to know everything, and um, I just decided to to do my own work, and I had written uh, a short film and decided to try to direct it and act in it, which I don't recommend. <laughs> and that was about five or six years ago. And I've, I've produced um, several other films since then. And, and 
formed her Little Red Productions, which is an all-female um, uh, production company, and uh, we produce and write and support female-driven films, even though, um, you know, we, we have our token guys here and there, and we love our guys, sure. um, but Beneath the Crown was um, based on the life of the 1967 Miss Universe, Sylvia Hitchcock Carson, um, and she, she lived in Lake Worth, Florida, a little town in the center of the state where my husband was born and raised. So I had known Sylvia for like 30 years, and she wasn't a typical beauty queen. She was an artist and a sculptor and an athlete. And my mother had um, groomed and trained beauty pageants in our home growing up. She had a background in music. So I grew up watching these women and thinking, you know, they're, they're just so perfect and blah, blah, blah. And I sort of rebelled against all of that and went in the other direction. But when I met Sylvia, I thought, wow, she is nothing like the beauty queens that I have known in my life. And she was just a fascinating woman and very unpretentious, and, uh, comfortable in her own skin, and treated everyone the same, whether it was a custodian at the local high school or, you know, the governor of the state, she was always the same. And I think that that inner beauty is what uh, people were so attracted to. And she actually won the Miss Alabama contest wearing a barred bridesmaid's dress. And her sorority sisters had talked her into entering. And then she won the Miss Universe. So, you know, we, we had quite a nice run with Beneath the Crown, and um, I was very smart by bringing on board a two-time Emmy award-winning documentary filmmaker by the name of Dr. Lisa Mills. So we collaborated on the project, and yeah, I'm very proud of it. It's it's a great film. Um, I, you know, I was watching it, and I was like, she's very much like Forrest Gump. You know, she's met all these amazing people. You know, through um, yeah, during her time, and I wish there was more of it. You know, uh, I saw it on Amazon Prime, and I definitely encourage listeners to go check that out. It was it was definitely a um, a fun watch. Well, thanks. Yeah, she has a very infectious smile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was um, it was difficult for me for a while because she died. Right. And um, I, you know, I cared for her so. It's still almost surreal because, um, you know, I had talked about telling her story or someone should, should tell her story for a long, long time. Something was just pushing me to go ahead and do it because when we first began the documentary, she had not been diagnosed, Peter. So I think it was just meant to be. And, and of course, when she did get her diagnosis, I was like, Sylvia, let's just put this film on hold and you need to take care of yourself and be with your family. And then we'll pick back up down the road. And she was like, no, Susan, we, we need to finish this film. So um, her family was just so wonderful and allowing me to go on this very private journey with her and with them. So I just feel honored to have been a part of that. And, and I think they were pleased. And this is a legacy that that I'm, you know, that that's going to be there. So, um, yeah, it's 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 all good. Did, have you ever thought about maybe turning that into like some sort of feature film, a biopic of some sort? I would love to do that. We were able to get distribution with um, a company out of 
Los Angeles, that they mainly deal with um, flights on airplanes and that kind of thing. And um, you know, uh, we're we're waiting to see if anything else materializes because I think that it would make a, a wonderful feature film and um, you know there's a lot more to the story that you just can't tell in the what the 21 minutes in the, right. the documentary that we did so yeah we'll see where the journey takes us and we're certainly open now I um, also watched uh, something else that you were in queering on YouTube <laughs> It was very bingeable, you know, I mean, five episodes, um, most of them of which are under 10 minutes, but that was that was fun watching you in that role. Yes. Oh, gosh. I, I just had the best time with that. And, um, and, you know, it's doing well. So everybody, please go to YouTube and binge querying web series. It's pretty yeah. funny. It really is, and I'm surprised that they were as short as they were. I thought they were going to be maybe 20 minutes each episode. Um, but do you have any knowledge, you know, about a season two or something? Oh yeah, it's in the works. It's oh okay. Just, I mean, the audience demand is there, and we actually found out yesterday that um, we're going to be part of the international online web fest, and I think they chose four or five American web series to screen and we, we won. The audience voted and we had a huge audience response and um, so we're going to be in their, their spring lineup so we're excited about that and we've been getting lots of coverage around the world. I mean the, the um, writer-director Leticia had sent the cast a huge beautiful newspaper article from Portugal um, and I'm trying to figure out how to get it all translated so I can read the thing. <laughs> but but anyway, it's um it's really cool the following, and not just in the gay and lesbian community, but even I've got friends and colleagues that are straight that have binged it and enjoyed it, and we've gotten great feedback from from some of them too. So um, we'll see. Yeah, extremely yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it, it's fun playing a, a bisexual. It's the first time I've ever played a a bisexual woman. So, you know, it was fun. Yeah, it really is. You guys do a great job. You, Sophia, Diana, great comedic timing. Um, the writing, the writing is hilarious. And I like to spin on it too, you know, where uh, Sophia, who plays your daughter, your daughter um, Harper, yeah. you know, is, is very much, yeah, she's, She's like the mother, you know, talking to the teenage daughter there. Like, <laughs> no, you're you don't belong in this community. You're bisexual. You know, it's it's hilarious. Um, right. Yeah, I, I saw that it was available on YouTube, and and I just I had to check it out. Well, thank you so much. That's great because it it just premiered. I think like June twenty fourth. So it's still still pretty hot out there. So you know, check it out. Right. Yeah, and you know what else is hot? Cobra Kai. Oh my that's gosh. A, that's a segue if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you play the character of uh, Lynn, who is um, known as Homeless Lynn. How did you come across this role? It was the funniest thing, Peter. Um, you know, like I was telling you, I formed my own production company because I was tired of my agent, waiting on my agent. And um, I also decided a couple of years ago to start self-submitting on, on projects that, that, I, that I was attracted to and trying to get into a little bit more of the, the, the indie world and just putting it out there because 
I was so tired of just auditioning and, and portraying one certain type of character. So I started looking for things that were, you would never expect me to audition for. And I belong to ActorsAccess.com, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's sort of part of breakdown services on a more local level. And um, I had looked that week in the southeast, and there was an audition for the part of Lynn, homeless woman Lynn on Cobra Kai. And I looked immediately to see who the casting director was, and um, I didn't know him, and he didn't know me. So I thought, okay, well, you know, because, you know, looking at me, you would not expect me to be a homeless woman, or you, if you were my agent, you're never going <laughs> to submit me for this kind of role. So anyway, I thought, okay, well, I've got a chance, and I was very determined to get this role. So I um, sent Bajo, the casting director, a taped audition, which is what was requested, and I wore my husband's huge sweatpants and sweatshirts and I messed up my hair and wore no makeup and put some dark circles under my eyes and um, just, you know, had this attitude that she was going to be sassy. I didn't want her to be this pathetic victim kind of homeless woman. I wanted her to have a lot of sass. And then I didn't even tell my Southeastern agent about it. So I thought, oh, what the heck? I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. Well, I get a call from AMT out of Atlanta, and they're like, um, you have a callback for a homeless woman on Cobra Kai? And they're like, um, and I go, oh, my gosh. I said, uh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I, I submitted a, a, a self-tape. And they're like, oh, 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 okay, great. Because they couldn't remember and they couldn't figure it out. So anyway, I thought, okay, I've got the call back. All right, let's see. What, how am I going to book this job? So number one, I went in in character, and I knew that I, I couldn't be charming and friendly and smiling and all of that or would give it away. I'm going to have to just stay in character. So I walk in there, and um, like I said, I had never met this casting director, and he is this great-looking guy. And then I see these three great-looking men who are, you know, the producers and writers of the show. I'm kind of like, oh, my gosh, all of these cute guys. And here I am, this homeless woman, but, you know, i got to focus <laughs> here. And so I did, and they were just so nice. And, um, you know, we did it a few times, and I felt great about it. And when I was walking out, one of them said, well, you know, we're going to have to, you know, do something with the teeth. And I was like, great, bring it, bring it on. So I booked it, and the hair in the makeup department, are just phenomenal and the costuming it just all pulls together and it's just been my favorite role ever now from what i've gathered from other uh, cast members uh the scenes were filmed in chronological order what was it like filming with uh, billy zapka that night in front of the convenience store it was so much fun i mean what a blast i'm, I'm digging in a trash can and, you know, he's got this, this wonderful character. And he and I just sort of had this banter thing going on in our energy. Just, you know, it just kind of worked. And I just felt real comfortable doing it. And, and um, you know, it was, just a, it was just a blast. And I thought that he was on my territory. I thought he was a homeless person trying to, you know, hustle coin at my mark. <laughs> so I, I was like, you know, finish up and then beat it. 
because he's sitting there on the curb eating a pizza or a burrito or whatever he's eating. I don't know. I think I was having pizza. And, but, um, yeah, you know, he, he's great to work with. He's very focused, but he's also very generous and easy to be around. And, um, you know, it was, it's just been a wonderful experience. But back to the, the makeup, um, he literally, like, paints my teeth individually. You know, wow. my teeth look completely rotten and puts fake makeup dirt all over my face and, and then this kind of bluish green around and underneath my eyes and then makeup dirt on my hands, my nails, my chest. So I'm, I'm filthy. I mean, she is literally filthy. And then the clothes, oh, my gosh, the, uh, the costumer had the best time with, with this wardrobe and it's filthy. It's all. <laughs> You know, it's not like I can run into the McDonald's and grab a cup of coffee as Lynn. You know, they're not right. going to let me in. Either one, oh, like, you totally should. Yeah. I'm, Season I'm two, that should be one of your goals. <laughs> right. I'm walking back to my trailer um, late one night after we had wrapped. And, of course, they have security out there and just, you know, pre- you know, looking after all the cars and the, the trailers and stuff. And um, the security officer said, no, no, you can't go in there. She thought I was a real woman. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been interesting, you know. I, I tried to uh, a guy tried to pick me up, a homeless man that was in the neighborhood. Um, so you know, it's made me look at homeless people in a different light, and and I find myself, um, you know, just really having a love for them and caring about them as human beings. Now we've had a, a chance to talk to some of the other cast members, but they're all of uh, the millennial generation who grew up past the prime of uh, the Karate Kid franchise. As somebody who has, you know, grown up with it, I can't imagine how surreal it would be to be on that set, see William Zabka playing Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. Did you have any pangs of that at all? You know, um, I I was just so thrilled to be a part of it, and I felt like that these three guys, um, Josh and John uh, and Hayden, that they had really loved those movies so much. And they're all so crazy talented and crazy creative. And I was just really excited to be a part of it. And, and the fact that, that Billy and Ralph were part of this, I thought, you know what, this could just be, this could be wonderful. And, um, but I tell you what was really impressive is to see Billy throw in a you know roundhouse spinning roundhouse kick and stretching and and having to get up there and do those stunts time and time and time again because actually I mm. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo but wow. haven't done any oh, wow. yeah I don't even know if they know that but yeah my whole family um, we're all black belts but I haven't done Taekwondo in probably ten years. And, you know, it's tough on the body, and he is doing these beautiful stunts. I mean, he's nailing them with these young guys, and um, my hat's off to him. He's in great shape. Yeah, he really is. And, um, you know, just a shout-out to Hero Koda, who just got nominated, you know, for the stunt work on Cobra Kai. Absolutely. Isn't that fantastic? It is. It really is, you know, and hopefully that that got a little recognition from, you know, those that maybe not uh, may not be privy to the Cobra Kai as a show. So hopefully that got a little bit more exposure as well. Um, hopefully, the, yeah. The second episode uh, where your character is featured, that's where um, Johnny 
uh, kind of hires you to kind of help uh, advertise for his his uh, dojo. <laughs> what was uh, filming that like? And I understand that the writers, they give you guys some wiggle room. Was there any kind of improvisation on your part with, with Billy? Um, yeah, there was a little bit. That that was a, a, a great episode. Um, you mean when we were standing out on the corner and he's spinning the sign and um, wanting me to, to, to hold the sign up, but then I used it as my house, you know, <laughs> my roof, kind of thing. And that's when I had my meth and my burrito. Um, yeah, um, they're, they're really good about letting us, uh, giving us a little bit of freedom with that. So um, I thought it was funny how Johnny, or, or Billy's character, Johnny, did not actually really spin the sign or know what to do with the sign it was just sort of this awkward thing and I thought that that was just hilarious how he had chosen to play that moment so um, you know I just thought it worked really well especially with the cars going by and um, you know it, it was just a really I think a cute moment and Lynn who is wanting to show her bits but it's going to cost him extra and then you know he's like no nobody wants to see your bits i mean she was offended by that because number one he has no idea what her bits are like and um you know he has her feelings (laughs) you know she didn't like that too much but um yeah it was it was really funny and then when He's like, well, hold it, hold it up, hold up the sign, and I just stand there. <laughs> now, one of the things that I find really interesting about the the show Cobra Kai in particular is that it's forcing us to look at events in a, a different point of view from, say, Johnny's point of view or that character's point of view. I I gotta admit, I got a kick out of Lynn, but I want to know what is that character's story. I mean, did you? kind of piece any of that together on your own or are you just kind of playing her off the page well the the backstory that i have for lynn is that she's possibly maybe even former green beret and she's got ptsd (laughs) and maybe the love of her life you know um she saw being blown up or something when they were um yeah, I don't. I mean, that's what that's. You know what? That's what I have in my back pocket. But I would love to know what some of these brilliant writers think about them because I'm going to go with whatever they're going with because you know they're creative geniuses. But that's what I feel about Lynn because I don't want her to be this this pathetic victim. I want her to have some sass and you know. I mean, she might be able to kick your tail. You know, give her 20 minutes to stretch. And, <laughs> One word that I would never describe that character as is anybody's victim. But (laughs) I'm looking at her and I'm saying, there's a story there. What is going on with this lady? How did she get here? There's there's something really compelling about her. Well, you know, I think that she grew up, in my mind, she grew up in a very structured, controlling environment, maybe even a military home. And then when all of these horrible things happened in her life and she was probably injured too and and um, never really recovered from her injuries and was in a lot of pain and, and developed a drug addiction from that and decided to go completely off the grid. And for her, there's a freedom and um, 
almost, you know, that is her choice, that she just mm. cannot handle the reality of life and that she chooses to, to, to just be completely, you know, off the grid. And, um, As I say, live life on her terms. Yeah, living life on her terms. Because, you know, it's really sad for a lot of um, homeless people, especially women who are, you know, raped and, and brutalized and taken advantage of. And um, I don't I don't think that's Lynn's case. No, no. Like I said, she does not strike me as a victim, but there's something to her story that I, I really, really genuinely hope that they at least try to explore a little bit. I do, too. And it, I mean, listen, if you've got any ideas of what you think, <laughs> I am open, man. I'm open to to everybody's thoughts about her. I think I, I have something here. Could Lynn possibly have been an ex-girlfriend of Sensei Kreese? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Ooh la la. Why, why is she, you know, hanging out in that particular parking lot, you know, that uh, that's where the old dojo used to be? Maybe she's waiting for Kreese to show back up. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool. What would you like to see happen with your character in season two? Uh, I, I know people are pretty tight-lipped and, you know, whether their characters are returning or not. But let's just say your character is returning. What would you like to see happen with Lynn? Well, I mean, of course, to return <laughs> would be on top of the list. But I would like to see her continue to have the more dealings with Johnny. I think that relationship, whether it's kind of uh, not a friendship, but almost like a, a neighbor kind of thing happening, um, I think would be really interesting. I mean, maybe, the- maybe she helps. Maybe Lynn could, could, you know, be somewhat of a secretary or, you know, help a little bit, maybe even cleaning outside or, um, I don't know. I just, I really like the, the energy between Johnny and Lynn. I think it's, it's really interesting and I think that that would be interesting to develop. I absolutely agree. I, I think that the back and forth that you guys had is phenomenal. However, I, I kind of want to see her give Johnny a little bit of come up, yeah. you know, just kind of putting him in his place just a little bit because let's face it, he, he does look down on her as lesser than. Yeah. And I really want her to be able to get a really good one in on him and put him in his place. I think that's a great idea. And I do think that Lynn thinks that she's smarter than Johnny. So she might. She absolutely is, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool because, well, I mean, you know, from the the first time they met, she's basically putting him in his place, telling him to get lost. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) no telling what she'll she'll say. (laughs) Yeah, the crew had said um, that they wanted to have those little wrists. Wristlet wristbands made up. They said, "What would Lynn do?" I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, we totally got to get that hashtag going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody on Twitter had started that, and then they had started bring bring Lynn back, and um, somebody started favorite badass female. <laughs> so it's been fun. And my my Facebook has just blown up. So it's it's been. A great experience, and I'm just so happy to be a part of it. 
Uh, I was going to say that I uh, looked over your IMDb page, and in the biography section, the, one of the very first things that they say is that you're the daughter of a jazz musician. Yeah. And I have to admit, I've never spoke to anybody who was the, the child of a jazz musician. <laughs> what kind of interesting stories do you have with that? Oh, gosh. My mom had a television show um, back in the early 50s with Dick Van Dyke, and um, she oh, okay. plays the piano and the organ and sings and is just so talented. It's just unbelievable. She plays by ear and she can listen to a song one time and then sit at the piano and play the whole thing. Um, so you know, I like all different types of music, but um, yeah, she, she was a very cool person and still is. She's just 89 years old and um, you know, she didn't play too much now, but yeah, yeah, we had a lot of music growing up in our home, a lot of jam sessions and musicians over all the time. And, you know, she was the mom who allowed my brother's band in high school to set up in our living room, our formal living, living room. <laughs> practice, oh, that's awesome. You know, three nights a week. So yeah, yeah. As we um, get ready to wrap up here, what are some other, you know, I already mentioned queering um, and also your your film uh, Beneath the Crown. Is there anything else that uh, you're working on that listeners can check out in the near future? Well, Peter, actually last week I received a Best Actress nomination from the California Women's Film Festival for my role in a short film called Picking Back Up, where I portray an addict, alcoholic woman who is spiraling downward. So I'm very proud of that. Even though it's a small festival, it's so nice to, to be recognized. Yeah, and congratulations. I recently, yeah, thank you so much. I recently um, wrapped on an upcoming Christmas movie that's going to be on Lifetime called The Christmas Contract. And we shot that in Lafayette, Louisiana. So that's coming out, um, obviously, December, and that's starring Hillary Burton and Robert Buckley from uh, One Tree Hill and Cheryl Ladd and Bruce Boxleitner. So that was a lot of fun. And also, um, I am flying to New York this Thursday, and I'm going to be filming a short film where I'm playing the part of a woman, a mom who has early onset Alzheimer's. So this is going to be my most challenging role yet, and I'm, I've been doing a lot of research, and I'm hoping that um, you know that I can bring some truth to this this role and this this woman that I'm going to be portraying. So that's going to be this weekend, and I recently did a feature film called Black Easter Resurrection that's coming out next Easter. I did a pilot called Boots and Trenches where I played a bipolar mom that um, uh, was shot in Mississippi and they're hopeful on that and I just spoke with another director I did a a short film up in New York um, a few months ago that is getting ready to hit the film festival circuit and I think it's going to do really well so I'm just you know fingers crossed it's been busy for me the last couple of years and I'm very grateful for that and we're just wait and see what happens. I, I love to work and love to have that creative outlet and play these more character type roles. 
Well, it sounds like things are uh, really uh, taking off for you, so congratulations Absolutely. all around. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And that concludes our conversation with Susan. Uh, we definitely hope that she returns for season two. Oh, she has to. I She's mean, got she, to. I mean, the character has a bit of a cult following. They'd be kind of silly not to bring her back. Yeah, I mean, I think it was her uh, interaction with Johnny in that very first episode gave me the biggest laugh out loud mm, moment. Yes. When he's like, yes. I'm not homeless. You know, that's the funniest thing ever. And I don't remember if I said it in the... Uh, in our conversation with her, but I, I really wanted to tell her that they are the perfect odd couple, you know, yes. her and Johnny. They, they gotta get those two working together some more. They, they really do. So, um, that wraps it up right now. Again, you know, we don't have any news that we're gonna report just yet, but, uh, you know, if you continue subscribing to the show, you'll get the updates as soon as you get them. Uh, but there are other ways to get a hold of us as well. Uh, we do have a uh, Twitter account specifically for this coverage, and that's at Cobra Kai Pod. And we also have a group page, www.cobrakai.tvamb group. And you spell out the two periods there. But yeah, you can find us in there. We're, you know, posting uh, episodes, you know, and um, because there is a lull right now. Every once in a while, I'll just kind of go back and just repost episodes. And so um, uh, so we have some followers in there that have been sharing some things that they've found, you know, pictures and stuff like that. Join the group. Continue the conversation there. We're there as well. Uh, but, Tom, where else can they find you if they want to check out some of uh, your other content? Oh, well, like I said, uh, you can hear me every week on a little podcast called Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me on Twitter at The Drunken Dork or on Facebook at Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. And for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podstalgic. Uh, I have a group page myself, Podstalgic and Friends, where I post everything that I do. So Cobra Kai, uh, the 16 different podcasts that I cover. I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but... but <Not> by <laughs> <much>. <laughs> uh But yeah, it's, um, it's all on Facebook. But, you know, um, I want to thank you guys uh, for those that have... Uh, checked out our coverage, and we hope that uh, you continue to listen to some of our coverages as well. Uh, there's definitely some more things in the works, so stay tuned to that. And if you don't want to miss any updates, definitely join the group page because we're oh, yeah. going to post everything there. So uh, thank you guys, and we will see you next time. Try to be best because you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you got to hang tough to make it. Thank you for listening to the Court Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.